Welcome to Screen Actors Guild, where we explore Oscar-winning actors and the embarrassing films they'd rather forget. I'm Michelle, the cantankerous police officer with a southern drawl. And I'm Henry. Uh, Michelle took the character that I was going to say. <laughs> That's the only one. <laughs> so That's the only one. I'm the kind of crazy, sort of vampy, sometimes rust coal, sometimes just bananas Love interest, sort of. You can have the southern drawl, and I'll be the little boy in the basement. I'm oh, the basement God. boy. God. Uh, uh, it, I feel like for this particular episode, we may need to amend our tagline, because although there are a lot of crazy movies in uh, this particular actor's body of work, I do not believe that he is ashamed or embarrassed of a single one of them. No, that's true. <laughs> he he owns it. He like roots around in it like a pig in shit. Yeah. Uh, so this is our our first of two uh, jolly old Saint Nick oh, oh, oh. episode. Who's that coming down your Christmas your chimney? Who's that to here to deck your halls? It's Sir Nicholas Cage, and inside his sack he's got a bundle of over the craziest and- line reads you've ever heard. <laughs> It's basically a man shouting at you from across a football stadium in acting form. But with gaps between words that are completely inexplicable. I love it so much. Oh. God. Uh, so there's, there's a children's treasury, like, overflowing cornucopia of movies to choose from for Nicolas Cage, obviously. We, like, oh, yeah. there's a lot... That we had to decide not to do because we figured they've been done so much. Uh, An embarrassment of riches and, I mean, a lot of recent things that no one's even bothered to dip into. He made six movies last year and then he made six (laughs) movies the year before that. This guy is cranking them out. Someone's got some bills today. Right, because he's got to pay for the dinosaur skull and his island in default. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. The Tyrannosaurus Rex skull that he had to give he back. He had to give it back. Uh, so, yeah, we're... Do we want to talk about uh, Sir Nicholas before we go and feel, get into the movie? Yes. I feel like we got to just, like... Let's just talk about the man, the myth, the legend. Who is this... Who A, a Coppola, a Coppola, mm-hmm. if you will, but a cage yeah. at heart. Um, dude, this guy. This guy Did, is my favorite guy. He, he's great. Uh, did he choose Cage, or was it, like, foisted upon? I mean, I know that his name is Nicholas Coppola, right? But, like, yeah, he, was it, did it, it was, like, spring from his chest? Like, how did he end up being Nicholas Cage? He chose it because he wanted to, um, he wanted to, like, brush off any accusations of nepotism. He's Francis Ford Coppola's nephew, so basically wanted to make a name for himself as an actor on his own and he said he had been chided a few times from other actors for like being a Coppola and not earning his keep and that's uh, what motivated him to just switch it up get in the cage do we know why cage yeah do we know why get in the cage what the origin story is there no I have no idea yeah because it feels like there has to be something interesting I guess that maybe happened so early on that he wasn't like the complete nutball that he is now yeah Um, he was like fairly unhinged but not i mean okay 
The Cohen brothers made him audition for Raising Arizona. Do you want to guess how many times? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to guess five, just as like a, a good solid number. I'm going to ask you to really? increase, increase Okay, let's your... say let's say ten. How about 20? What? <laughs> he had to audition for Raising Arizona 20 times because they were so uncertain about him. And, like, that I would describe as one of his most restrained roles. Like, oh, yeah. There he's are playing, a few Nicholas like, Cage He's almost that are the, just... the straight man in that episode, uh, that movie. Yeah, he's good. He's fine because he's not him. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, that's what. But, like,. If you're that uncertain in an actor, why don't you just hire a different actor? Like, I'm glad they I don't know. took him, but... I don't know, and I have a million other bananas. questions about it. He mentioned that casually in an interview I just read earlier today, but he he's, like, weirdly in... I mean, as we know, he's an Oscar-winning actor uh, leaving mm-hmm. Las Vegas. Like, he's been established at one point in his career as a legitimate actor, but he is really only in, like, I don't know, like, three or four movies that you can say are unequivocally, like, kind of good. Yeah. Raising Arizona, Moonstruck, Leaving Las Vegas. Like, I don't think anyone would deny he's, like, pretty good in all those, but... Yeah, adaptation. I even think when you start getting into his, like, weirder canon, there's still some good, like... Uh, Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans is like not a good movie. He's really good in it. Oh like, man, that movie though is like fucking being on mescaline. That is an experience. It's Oh, it's banana pants. It's so banana pants. Yeah, yeah. The thing about it, do you ever watch the show Community or did you ever watch Community when it was on? Yeah, yeah, of course. Do you remember the episode where there te- there's a seminar that everyone can attend and it's called Nicolas Cage, Good Actor or Bad Actor? And everybody basically has to battle it out, and it's like a debate club. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's both at once. Yeah. It's even on display in this movie. Like, I oh, yeah. I wrote down at one point, I can't tell if this monologue is very good acting or very bad acting. He, like, he exists in this Schrodinger's cat of acting. <laughs> like, simultaneously. He's great, and he's terrible. I mean, That's he's... such a good way to put it. Yeah, I wrote down at the beginning of this movie, is this a normal Nick Cage movie? Because for a while, I just couldn't tell. Yeah. And then stuff yeah. happens, but... It's it's true. Uh, I have learned that he named himself uh, Nick Cage after Luke Cage, the Marvel Comics superhero. Why he did that, I could not tell you. Huh. Uh, but that apparently is why. All right, all right. Yeah. I like he named it. himself after an invincible black superhero because that's how he sees himself. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, he's just in a bunch of really like some of his most established like mainstream movies like like Con Air are still mm-hmm. fucking batshit and like absolutely oh, yeah. worth the watch, but like when you really sit down and watch it like, oh, this was a mainstream 90s action movie and then all the Nicolas Cage things happen and all the other things happen. It's extremely watchable and enjoyable. Also, fucking cuckoo banana pants. The man's willingness to commit is the thing I yes. respect so much about him. Like, he's never phoned in a performance in his goddamn life, yeah. even when it's, like, begging for him to phone it in. I know. Like, he can't do anything other than 150%. And I love that about him. God love him. And he, like... <laughs> We always we use it as our sign-off, but his Oscar speech where he says uh, he hopes more like independent films can get made so we can experiment and fast-forward into the future of acting. And it's 
It's the perfect way to describe everything he's doing because he's got some kind of like actor's school that he's teaching mm-hmm. in his mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's described mm-hmm. himself as, uh, he's described his acting style as German expressionism. What? Meets Western kabuki. Not sure okay. what that yep. is. And nouveau, uh, nouveau shamanic. Not sure what okay, that is. Okay, he's just putting words together. It's a Mad Lib. It's accurate. Yeah, Western Kabuki is uh, a great way to describe what he does. Yeah, did you know that uh, he was arrested uh, in New Orleans in 2011 uh, for reasons that are gross, uh, but was bailed out of jail by Dog the Bounty Hunter? <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> is that real? That's real. Oh, no. That is epic. Yeah, he's got yep. a real connection to New Orleans, and I don't believe that's where he's from. But he, you know about the tomb, right? This is the most haunted house in America? No, he he, he oh. has a oh, pyramid-shaped, yeah. you know about this, yeah. Now, a, now that you mention it, yeah, yeah, but please keep going. stone uh, tomb in one of the most famous, uh, like the most famous cemetery in New Orleans. And it's a tradition in the city because it already exists, like, pre-mortem, if that's a phrase, for women to put on red lipstick and go kiss the white tomb, which I mm. absolutely tried to do, and I could not convince the people I was on a trip with to, help <laughs> to participate in this with me. And then it cost everyone $30, and they all bailed. So that is on the uh, list. That's on the docket for my next trip, because I will, come hell or high water, I will get some kind of lip disease from that tomb. Oh, please do. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> I'm just like looking at the Wikipedia page, uh, some sort of like complaint with uh, his business manager, where the business manager lists the number of things that uh, Nicolas Cage has spent money on. Oh, I uh, can't wait. Yes. Okay. So Levin, Samuel Levin is the person. Levin's filing states that instead of listening to Levin, Cage spent most of his free time shopping for high ticket purchases and wound up with 15 personal residences. Uh, likewise, Levin advised Coppola against buying a Gulfstream jet, <laughs> against buying and owning a flotilla of yachts, <laughs> against buying and owning a squadron of Rolls Royces. Uh, Whoa. Is this uh, like a thing where, like, if you have a, a ton of sharks, it's a shiver of sharks. Right, a collect, you, just a collective noun? Yeah, so the collective noun is, could it be like a swarm of Rolls Royces? It, it might be. So in 2007, Parliament. Levin says Cage's shopping spree entailed the purchase of three additional residences, <laughs> uh, the purchase of 22 automobiles, including nine Rolls Royces. Uh, so, and this, this was the Tyrannosaurus Rex skull that he's had to return to the Mongolian authorities. Oh, That's all that shopping spree. Yes. But like... 22 Rolls Royce, 22 automobiles and nine Rolls Royce, that's like, uh, you know, uh, like uh, developing nation dictator shit that would like, they're deposed and you just discover all of these purchases. Like it's that level of unhinged. Yeah, because it's not like a Jay Leno thing where he's got his one thing and he just is a car guy and he's got an enormous garage with however many Rolls Royces can possibly satiate that appetite. He's all over the map. He's just like shotgun blast of personal interest. He's got a Cobra. He's got a T-Rex, which are, you know, objectively rad and I get it because if Mm -hmm. you're a nine-year-old boy in an adult man's body with adult man money, guess get it. Yeah, I mean, his his one thing is everything, Didn't which he is have a also castle? he had a castle, right? 
Uh, an probably he had an island. Yes, he had a castle in Somerset, England, and a German castle as well. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, and he, for some time, owned the most haunted house in America, a home in the French Court of New Orleans that was also owned at different times by Dean Martin and Tom Jones. Uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah. He's a man of uh, interesting tastes. He, he, he is. He blew all of his 90s money on real estate and crazy bullshit, and now he is making up for it because dude's got to get paid. Dude's got to crank out some movies. <laughs> And he and crank oh, out those movies yeah. he has. Yeah, so let's talk about this crank movie that he made last year. Last year. Uh, so it's, uh, the title of the film is Grand Isle. Yeah, he really got in under the wire there, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, although he would have gladly made this during COVID. Uh, I mean, he is making a movie during COVID right now, and he's making sure a he television is. show. <laughs> sure he is. Yeah, he is. Uh, so this, this movie is... Uh, I would say intends itself to be a, like, southern gothic, pulpy, noir thriller. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, and it it is, I can only describe, it's a, when it's a 0% Rotten Tomatoes, it's one of his only two 0% movies, yes. which is wild to me, uh, given his career. It's really wild, and I actually... The first one is Deadfall, which surprisingly I haven't seen. It appears very prominently in the Nicolas Cage losing his shit montage that's like went mm. all over the internet about 10 mm. years ago. That is, I think it's the one where he's got the little mustache and he's just like sitting alone in a room and then just bursts out screaming, crying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure yeah, that, that was the right. de- Deadfall. Mm-hmm. But like watching this movie, I didn't actually check beforehand what its percentage was on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was a little shocking to me that this was the 0%. Considering how many other bad Nicolas Cage films I've personally digested, this is just really, like, super mid-range. I know! It's... What I think is, is that, like, it's... Because it's so middling, there is, like, no contrarian, like, sleazebag who is willing to step out for this movie. Like, it's... It's, like trying to be a good movie hard enough i guess yeah that i think nobody could credit it as being like pulpy goodness like it's it's just a failed venture and true and i think it was under reviewed also like i really don't think there were more than like 10 critic reviews on there so it's sort of like 2019 just like slipped into a sieve and everyone forgot about all the 2019 film content because there was just a lot else going on. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is a movie, but it also, like, I can sort of see why it didn't get reviewed like a movie. It's produced by a production company called Screen Media, which has got to be the laziest, like, (laughs) make it up at the last minute name for production company on the planet. Yeah. Uh, And... You know, it's like clearly the production values are fine, but it's another one. It just feels like they they just did not leave it in the oven long enough. No. And, and I think they only got a really limited theatrical release. I think a lot of it was straight to home theater and then mm-hmm. uh, only like, you know, like a handful of screens in major cities, like yeah. under 20 screens got to actually show this film. Oh, it was. It had a five million dollar budget, so I would say for a five million dollar budget, this movie actually looks 
really good. Like pretty good. Like yeah. the way it's shot, it's directed by um, one of the longtime cinematographers who did a ton of Clint Eastwood movies. Oh really? And, yeah, and he's like it's like his third directorial venture or something. I forget what the other two were, but it like has all like the trappings of what would be kind of a good like if you're looking at it, it's well shot and it's like kind of interesting. It's in the South, you know. There's like some major actors in it. They got Kelsey Grammer. It seems mm-hmm. like it could mm-hmm. do a little bit better. And then it just, like, the writing just grinds and grinds and grinds. And the writing is rough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's, I mean, it, it sort of occupies that Nicolas Cage, Schrodinger's cat space where, like, there are moments where it's a good movie. Yeah. Like, there aren't many of them, but there's a couple moments where I paused and I was like, that that was like a real scene and a real movie done with real acting and a good shot. Mm-hmm. And they cl- I mean it's how you know they're trying to make a good movie. And then you have other parts of the movie where whoever was directing parts. that first scene. Oh yeah. I mean it's it's a I mean it's like a I'd say like C minus D plus movie until the last two minutes. Uh, oh my god, the last, last two, two minutes. minutes. Yeah, so like the experience, and we can talk about the plot in a second. For me, the experience was the first half of the movie happened, and I was like, huh, I think mm-hmm. I might be watching a normal Cage movie that like looked a lot crazier based on the description and the cover art, like the actual movie poster. He's got some crazy Cage face going. But then the second half happened, and it really like slugs along. Like it slows down, and it gets kind of like nonsensical and, uh-huh. and then clearly it just sort of it, and then it kind of just tapers off and <laughs> and and almost ends and then it has that like fellowship of the ring or whatever like third fourth fake last ending where they're like oh and just in case you were wondering here's what happened <laughs> yeah and and then it, it like it ends with a bang um all right so did I just say the Let's, wrong Lord of the Rings movie? Which one's the No, movie? no, it's the, Return of the King. Return, Return of, the King. of the King. That would that would uh, really bother me if I were listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so All right. Let's do the plot of this movie. So Kelsey Grammer uh, doing his foghorn leghorniest yeah, southern yeah. southern fried i assumed lawyer until the very end i was like oh he's a detective oh, fine <laughs> unclear um, because he doesn't seem to understand how <laughs> law works he's doing a real charlie kelly job but it's fine. <laughs> extreme charlie kelly so he's interviewing uh or, you know uh you know i don't know what you call how am i losing like the, the thing in the box where he oh they're the uh, interrogation he's interrogating yeah. thank you yeah yeah um this very hot young boy who's, you know, he's like probably, just to be clear, not a boy. He's like probably 22. Uh, but his but name I just is Buddy. His name is Buddy. <laughs> I wrote him as hot boy in uh, all of my boy. notes because he's hot boy. Uh, he's covered in blood and Kelsey Grammer is just like asking him what happened. But, you know, it's like what happened? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> real melting southern man thing. And you really just uh, let the words drip right out of your mouth like sweet molasses. I, I don't know much, <laughs> but I do know that the good Lord Jesus told me how to look into a crime. And totally <laughs> dead behind the eyes. I've never seen a man <laughs> as dead behind the eyes as Kelsey Grammer in this performance. And, like, say what you will about the man in life. Not a fan, but... 
he usually can like deliver a performance <laughs> at least and this was a clear just like fuck you pay me he is trying not at all but his southern drawl is still a highlight of this movie oh, for me absolutely it's, it's really so fun buttery so um, buttery <laughs> so but, juicy so, it's, it's <laughs> luscious um, so in, the movie's told in flashback from hot boy's perspective uh where he talks about going to like work on a odd job at Nicolas cage's house during a, the beginning of a hurricane and he gets like hurricaned into the house Nicolas cage is clearly nuts his wife uh is not so clearly nuts. Uh, Just like a young we'll Southern that. Belle seductress, kind of. Yeah, yeah, femme fatale for sure. Femme fatale, 40 uh, something femme fatale uh, who wants yeah. to bring an ice cool lemonade to the young boy who's spending the better part of an afternoon nailing seven <laughs> fence posts. <laughs> right, a few <laughs> boards to a fence. Uh, it took so long. And and this apparently is like a trade of his. Uh, Anyway, so he gets, like, hurricaned into the house, and he's stuck there, and hijinks ensue. He's being seduced by the wife, and he's being intimidated by Nick Cage, and you... I don't know how much we want to, like, get into the, the all the reveals here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's just do it. Let's just go for it. Cause great. once he's in that house, like he's a man with like a wife and kid at home who has been scraping by, <clears throat> takes an odd job, ends up in this like kind of wealthy but sort of dysfunctional marital families like situation where Nick Cage is an ex Marine and his wife is an ex jazz singer and they kind of hate each other and then on the their anniversary their wedding anniversary they she lures a young boy basically into the house to like i can't, i'm going to say young boy we all know what we mean yeah i can't yeah. not say yeah. young boy he's a, <laughs> from the movie's perspective he's a young boy he's not yeah. a child he's a he's he's of age but he's a he's a young sexy sweaty boy a man presenting <laughs> yeah boy. Yeah, and then he's get, and then he's just trapped in there while the two of them like work out their marital dysfunction and try to do stuff to him and get him to do stuff. Yeah, so he the movie makes a big deal out of that he hasn't had sex with his wife for six months mm-hmm. because she just had a baby and she's not feeling sexy. Whatever, who cares? Uh, and so the uh, and it's also made very clear that Nicolas Cage and his his wife, whose name is Fancy, oh yeah, is, his name are, is, her name's Fancy. Are are not having sex either because Nicolas Cage is too much of a drunk schlub, mm-hmm. and uh, and so Fancy clearly makes a show that she's trying to seduce Hot Boy. Uh, Nicolas Cage shoots at Hot Boy while he's working on his fence, uh, but it's like all for fun uh, with a sniper rifle. Yeah. Hot Boy. Ends up getting into the house, uh, gets, like, there's more seduction happening. Uh, We learn that Fancy can't have biological children, but there's pictures of kids all over the house. Uh, Fancy's clearly very sad. She's doing voodoo. She has voodoo dolls. Uh, I'm not going to say that she's doing voodoo, because you never see anything with voodoo. She's just holding and collecting voodoo dolls, as far as I can tell. What the hell is that? Ugh. I have I have many questions. We should talk about it. Yeah. Uh, the so fancy uh, fancy like 
gets close to seducing definitely like crotch rubs on hot boy yeah. uh then hot boy comes back downstairs for reasons i don't really recall uh, and nicholas cage at gunpoint brings him upstairs offers him twenty thousand dollars to kill fancy uh he says yes and then goes to kill fancy yes without has, question just, yes without question just almost word, immediately yes. yeah uh <laughs> Asks one clarifying question, kinda, then goes to kill Fancy. Fancy's in a, you know, sultry in a bathtub. They have what I think is actually kind of a nice moment. It's one of those times where it's like a good movie, but then they fuck on the floor, and then uh, on the dirty bathroom floor, uh, Fancy learns that he was gonna kill her and is not mad, uh, and (laughs) goes down to Nick Cage, uh, confronts him, sort of. But first, like, butters him up, then stabs him in the hand, then uh, Hot Boy beats up Nick Cage, ties Nick Cage to a uh, a banister. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's about to run away with Fancy, uh, who says some things that we have to talk about. Uh, And then Nick Cage tells uh, Hot Boy to look in the basement. Because uh, there's the basement's all locked up, and they sort of refer to it earlier, but then not not much further. See it here and there. There's a lot of locks on the basement door. Yeah. Yeah. and once again, Hot Boy, he, like, asks one question about it and then just moves on. Uh, but Nick Cage is, like, very clear. You should look in the basement. He goes to look in the basement. Fancy, within 15 minutes of having sex with this boy, starts shooting guns at him. He runs into another room, uh, discovers a kidnapped boy, uh, then blacks out uh, and wakes up having uh, in the truck with the, that boy murdered. Yeah. Uh, he tells the cops... Uh, in the interrogation to go, they think he killed him, uh, to go look in the basement. Cops go look in the Mm -hmm. basement and discover that they've been keeping teenagers in the basement. But you don't find out more for a minute. They just know Uh, about teens. Yeah, that's all they give you. And that's also very clear. Like, there is nothing more heavy-handed in terms of, like, foreshadowing and implication than the fact that Nicolas Cage, who's not a person that watches the news, is only watching the news while it's going over and over again how there's these four missing teens, there's these four missing teens, there's these four missing teens. <laughs> oh, by the way, you see him shoot one of them in the beginning. Uh, so yeah. you're like, you know they have the teens. But then, yeah, they find the teens, they let him go. Nicolas Cage dies in a shootout with uh with the police and and then the movie fades to black and then and then and then michelle would you like to would you like the honors would i like oh yeah uh well really really briefly uh hot boy gets to wake up in the hospital and reconcile with his wife that moment almost doesn't need to exist because then that fades out and then there's just the news over mm-hmm. images of what are the images of it's not oh, even, it's it's the teenagers right not even like footage of what was going on maybe just like images of the house from the outside some like really bland b-roll while the newscaster explains that they were keeping teens in the basement to produce children for them against their will Against their uh, will, and that the children, the children were down there, and there were like toys down there, and that's all. That's all you get. That's the end. They solved it. And young girls, both age seven, were found emaciated and barely alive. And these are young girls that Fancy meets in the beginning. 
who yeah. were selling Girl Scout cookies, but they walk away. So I have questions about that. I don't understand and then that at all. Ends with, we think we know our neighbors, but maybe we don't. End of movie. End of movie. I, Here's the message. The, that, like... The, the, the main part it's of like the a movie regular, happens in voiceover as the credits begin. <laughs> it's... Right. It's it's like, it's kind of a regular movie until then when they're like, with a completely unearned, they were forcing teenagers to have sex with each other against their will and having babies they were keeping in their basement also. Uh, and on, like... I don't... Never on screen? There's like... There's, never on screen. You meet one teenager for... Like thirty seconds, right there at the end, when he's briefly in the basement, and that is it. I it really reads like they did a test screening, which I feel like is impossible considering they have five million dollar budget. But it reads like a test screening where people were like, "What? That's it?" And they were like, "Wait, no, there's more. Let's just go grab some B roll that, like, let's grab some establishing shot that we didn't use for very long, and let's just voice over right over it, and then boom, credits. Got you." Enjoy it. This is what you want, you little grubs? Yeah. You want more uh, plot development in the last 90 seconds of the movie? <laughs> it's ab- absolutely inexplicable. I, I'm going to say, like, it wouldn't... The movie wouldn't make much more sense without that, but it would be a much better movie. It like, you a... could have not included that. Yeah. There'd yeah. be there'd be questions. I I still have questions, but, like... There, what bothers me so much about it is that it doesn't tie up any of the actual loose ends in the story. No. Like, there's all this shit that's happening that are completely ignored. Like, what are the fucking voodoo dolls for? What were the voodoo like, dolls ever for? She's got... Fancy has voodoo dolls on voodoo dolls on voodoo dolls in this house. And she's she's holding them. She's clutching them. They're on the... A banister, they're yeah. on her desk. Prominently featured. And, and there's nothing to suggest that the voodoo dolls do anything. Why does she have them? No idea. Just because it's spooky. And, yeah. And also, like, is so there's there's four missing teenagers, right? Yeah. Which means they're missing relatively recently. So how have they had babies since then? There's also like do there's you- pictures. Of kids around the house that are like six or seven. This is so this a new So they've been doing hop? this for years. Is the implication but, that this is just? But like then, a like releasing the teens, like I. They must just murder the teens after they produce babies, right? Like that's got to be. They're just keeping people in their basement long enough to procreate, and then they're done with them. Like a straight I, like horror horror movie. This movie reads like a. Like a spooky southern thriller, and then it just in in the credits basically becomes a different kind of movie. Which yeah, can you imagine? Okay, so clearly this movie was set in the '90s when you see the police cars at the end, which is mm-hmm. a weird choice and an unnecessary choice, but it's fine. Um, 1988. They're very clear about it. Oh, 88. <laughs> the very beginning. Yeah, that's awesome. So wouldn't it have been? That's even better because wouldn't it have been the best if like an old like. 80s movie like they just freeze frame on hot boy's face and then they just do text on the screen about what happened with the rest of the movie <laughs> like a breakfast club like kind a of animal house <laughs> an animal house vibe. 
so man. funny. <sighs> so, I, I mean, I have so many questions uh, beyond the voodoo dolls. So, it's it's imp- it's like close to made explicit that Nicolas Cage specifically hired Hot Boy to kill Fancy. I guess so. Right? Yeah, because he knew he had a military background. Yeah, so he like somehow finds out in 1988, where research is much harder, that Hot yeah. Boy was on some ship that got blown up or some shit that I'd never heard of, uh, and then. This fucking convoluted plan. And then invites him to fix his fence on the off chance that he'll be so bad at fixing a fence that he'll stay so long. He'll be stuck <laughs> inside during a hurricane. And then to ingratiate himself to the request of, here's $20,000 to kill my wife, he shoots at him with a rifle hours earlier. We and have then- to t- <laughs> at some point, we have to talk about the fence. Because I have multiple things that I need to uh, get off my chest. Okay. Number one. Let's go on the fence. Number one. He arrives early afternoon. Uh, At Mm -hmm. one point, Nick Cage says it's not even one o'clock yet. And he does an estimate of what the fence will cost, which I'll get to in a second. And then says it's about seven feet wide. It's going to cost this much, so I can go get supplies and we can get started tomorrow. And he was like, no, get started today. It's a tiny hole in a fence. It's, like, not even Mm -hmm. as wide as, like, it's, like, two people wide, like, standing Mm -hmm. next to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, He goes, and it's not even one o'clock yet. (laughs) And and he's, he's got a point because that somehow takes the entire afternoon and then in the evening, like, comfortably nighttime, the storm sweeps in and it's dinner and he's asked to stay for dinner. But it's... Leads me to believe that it took him six hours to not fix a seven-foot gap, which, by the way, is not seven feet. And also, they estimate that it's going to cost, like, $115 because each post is $10. And they're, like, they're like knee-height. Knee knee-height! <laughs> There's seven posts. That doesn't even fucking add up. I was just watching it like, why include all the pricing if you're going to do a crazy job, like a like a Lucille Bluth job? Like, what could banana cost? Like $10? <laughs> so weird. And also, like, he clearly doesn't leave the site. Like, he doesn't have to go get supplies, but he has all of the supplies with him. Because it's a fence and everything's just right. needs to be nailed right. back together. So, other question I have. Uh, so, Hot Boy... Is, you know, he discovers some aspect of their plot, right? Uh, he doesn't know all of it, but he knows that there's, like, kids in the basement. Right. And and then, like, he blacks out or something, and then they frame him for murder. Uh, yeah. Why not just fucking kill him? Like, there's, there's no reason to frame him for murder, because all that does is create some... Like, somebody to say, hey, go look in the basement. Yeah. Like, what are they hoping to accomplish by framing him for murder? No idea. No idea. It's not to explain the missing kids, because it's just one of the missing kids. Uh, And, and and like, the turnaround on this movie, like, in terms of how it all goes down, I think it's 48 hours. Like, this is a fast movie. Basically, he, like, spends one day with this crazy couple, gets framed for murder after he discovers their child uh, collection in the basement, and then the next day gets interrogated by a highly unprofessional Kelsey Grammer for a few hours until he spills the Mm -hmm. beans about the basement, and then he comes back and gets him from his jail cell and says, it was a nightmare in there. Have a nice day. Goodbye. (laughs) 
So like very yeah. efficient, very efficient. Yeah, I mean that's that's Southern justice for you, right? Yeah. Uh, when you, I do like uh, when uh, when Hot Boy asks Kelsey Grammer for his phone call to call a lawyer. Kelsey Grammer's like, "We don't have that in New York City. We're not, we Los, we're not New York City or Washington D.C." But then he says. I'll just tell the judge the power was out so you couldn't get your phone call. I'm sorry, movie. I was alive at this point in time. You could definitely make a phone call if the power was out. It's like the one thing you could do if the power was out. Like, you have to charge your fucking cell phone. It's a it's a wire in the wall. Oh my god, the movie that was that for whatever reason set itself in the late 80s forgot about the late 80s and how that worked. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, that's really funny. That so, that definitely don't hold up in court. That don't hold no water around here. I mean, this thing is a fucking sieve when you start looking at it this way. It's great. Uh, yeah. So, w- what were the voodoo dolls about, though? Uh, do you have a, like any theories? So I have one. The payoff I thought was gonna be that she was performing voodoo on like Nick Cage and that he mm-hmm. she was maybe some kind of black widow and he was one of many I don't know something like that where she had victims and then mm-hmm. when it was the kid the, the high school boys discovered I was like oh so she's been doing voodoo upstairs in her room punishing these kids that are in the basement pretty roundabout way but I'll okay okay so I my guess was that maybe all the voodoo dolls represented all of the people that at some point or another she had trapped in that basement. So I, I do think that's, I think that's probably right, but I'm going to add an extra layer to it. I think that the all the only thing that makes sense to me here is that she's, the forcing the teenagers to have sex with each other is done via voodoo doll. That it's like <laughs> that she's just mashing like a them child just mashing them. Yeah, exactly. She's making them scissor. It has to be right. Like, <laughs> there's no evidence on the kids that there's like any physical pain that's happened to them beyond them being you know forced to have sex with each other to like have kids together. Yeah, in uh, fact, when they discover the teenage boy, he's hooked up to an IV because they are being routinely anesthetized. Yeah. Like, weird, weird twist. Like, there's, like, a bottle of pills, and there's an IV drip, and it looks like he's getting his fluids, and he's also being put on, like, opiates or something, and then just, like, left in a dirty little dungeon. Yeah, like, and why? you... Why? Yeah, you don't do that if you're if you're poking somebody with voodoo doll pins, right? Like Yeah, don't you want them to, like, the, feel the pain? I thought that was the point of voodoo doll. So I think... I think it's... They're like, fuck voodoo dolls. Which I didn't know was possible. Obviously, this movie is doo-doo nonsense. But, like, they also don't make that explicit. But that's the only explanation. Don't you feel like the... That, I like this wrinkle. And I like where you're going with this. And to that end, don't you think that maybe the voodoo doll should have been a little more anatomically correct? Right. You want a voodoo dick. Like, you know, a voodoo vagina. Like a little little friendly voodoo dick. And then it would have gotten that message across. (laughs) (laughs) Friendly voodoo dick. He's uh, a little guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Because, like, I mean, they, like, they so lovingly photograph these voodoo dolls. Like, they get a lot of yeah, close-ups. Yeah, soft focus. Time. Yeah. 
all right, all right. So, did what did what did we like about this movie? Like you, I also loved Kelsey Grammer's Southern Drawl. It was really fun. It yeah, was it's probably it's bad. a bath. Probably bad. You know, I can't come from a part of the country where I'm exceptionally qualified to say that, but I would wager mm-hmm. a guess that's probably bad. And mm-hmm. I loved that. I really liked <laughs> everything around his reason for being at that house made me laugh. Like an adult <laughs> man taking the better part of an entire working day to complete a six foot section of fence made me laugh. The voodoo doll thing was baffling, but I was like hoping it would be more cool. And then when it didn't pay off, that was my favorite in a different kind of special way. <laughs> just like, was that a red herring? Did I just get duped or did they just forget? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I liked that. Um, uh. Oh, I liked the line delivery where <laughs> Nicolas Cage, he convinces the hot boy to murder his wife and tells him that he wants him to just uh, pour cyanide all over a rag and then, like, like with ether or something, just, like, make her smell the rag and make her die and kill her that way. And he doesn't want to do it, and he yells, Pour it on the rag! But he delivers it in the best, like, most unhinged cage way, and I wrote a little note that it took him half the movie to do it, but he finally accessed his crazy cage. I was waiting. I was like, is this never going to happen to me? Oh, there's some crazy cage before that. It is not in my highlights. It is in my lowlights. Uh, but we can... There, there are some cage line deliveries that you hit before that. There's more after that for sure. Oh, uh, but I'm going to save it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I like... So almost everything with Nick Cage and alcohol in this movie, I enjoyed. Uh, like there's a moment where he chugs a mint julep in like a second. Yeah, he does. And I, I enjoyed the hell out of that. There's also, it didn't happen, but I liked the thing that happened in my head. So he's drinking PBR out of bottles. Yeah. And he goes to set one down and his hands wrapped around it. And I was fucking certain he was about to crush that bottle like a can. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted it so bad that it's sort of in the movie for me, even though it's not. That, this movie could have benefited from some goofy nonsense like that because the nonsense it includes is like kind of dark nonsense. You get the unhinged cage screaming, which I enjoyed every minute of, but like except for all of that noise, and it's still a very a very tiny slice of the pie compared to most of his movies. You don't get enough just just goofy stuff. But I really miss that. That's true. There, I don't know if this counts as goofy. But I think it's goofy adjacent, and it's on my highlights, which is uh, fancy unbuttoning and unzipping Hot Boy's pants with her stiletto. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Like, that is... Straight up removing the buttons with her stiletto. Yeah, that is unbelievable, like, implausible filmmaking that I respect. Like She hovers over him in those heels for, like, a good couple of minutes. And yeah. I'm not saying, like, in the world of the movie, like, a couple of minutes of screen time where we just watch her, like, kind of standing over him in these heels, and I just kept watching, like, is is she is she going to crush his balls? Like, is this one of those? Is this one of those? Like, I don't think it needs to be one of those, but is that what we're about to... Are we going there as a group right now? <laughs> yeah, he... That, that whole thing, like, there's a couple moments in there where 
the movie kind of understands how bad it is. Uh, there, it goes back and forth, right? Because, like, the scene in the bathtub where, like, they talk about how sad they are and there's this, like, shot where they're both sort of just looking sad. It's like, that's actually a nice shot. Yeah. But on it's, the it's other well hand... It's shot and they talk about their childhoods. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, it's almost good writing. But then you have the first, like, act of, uh, you know, cougar seduction where she asks him, like, do you want to know what I do when I fantasize about young men? And he's like, I, I could guess. It's like, yeah, movie. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> that's the way to go. Because uh, the movie steps up toward porny. It gets real porny in act one. It like, does. From, like, structurally, right? It's like the repair, the handyman, mm-hmm. the the cuckold husband, like, drunk out of the room. Yeah. The older lady. I mean, like, it's it's intensely porny. Basically, yeah. like, right up to the stiletto moment. And then it kind of stops being porny. Uh, but, you're like, you could slot that into Cinemax Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, like, you just, like, smear a little Vaseline on the lens there and turn the <laughs> lights down. <laughs> we are bada-bing, bada-boom. <laughs> We're in business, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, it has... This movie adopts a lot of weird tones. It kind of starts, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it starts like, um, like a better movie a little bit, but also like a confu- oh, confusing movie because it has multiple movies in the movie. Like it starts out with a guy burglarizing Nick Cage's house, runs out of the house mm-hmm. doing a bunch of like ninja kicks and acrobatics, and then gets just <laughs> shot in the back by Nick Cage. And then we're in a completely different location and a different time period it almost seems like not like like is this like a week later it's not it's like the next day but then all of a sudden it's the boy being interrogated at the police station and and we kind of just we just jump around like that a little bit and i assumed he was the the boy that nick cage shot because it looks like he has a gunshot yeah of course we all did right and then it's just like no they just wanted to let you know that at some point nick cage had a was burgled and he shot a man and that's why he needs a new fence they, yep. lot of lot of emphasis on the fence in the beginning of this movie. The fence, which also has blood on it that Hot Boy does not notice. Uh, does not Which care. is because it's all he's doing. He's standing staring at the fence for six hours, right? Like you'd like notice the blood least. on the fence. Uh, <laughs> there, I don't have too many more highlights. There's two, and they're both Nick Cage choices. Uh, one, I don't even know if it counts as a choice, but within like, a second of the movie starting, you get a Nick Cage grunt, like a classic uh, Nick Cage grunt as he gets up to then go and shoot the burglar. And I like that about the movie. And then there's this acting choice that Nick Cage does where, so it's right before Fancy stabs him in the hand and she's like uh, trying to sort of sweet talk him and get him feeling good. And he gestures to himself, he communicates me by hitting himself in the head with a hammer. Uh, (laughs) And... It's an acting choice that no other human being on the planet would take. And I respect that about him. Uh, I love that. I also, one of my highlights was uh, towards the the last, like, third or quarter of the movie when he gets really unhinged. He's got this laugh that he's cultivated for the movie that is almost like someone wrote out in all caps, heh. (laughs) <laughs> hey, hey. Now say that, but say it like all cagey. And he's like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and he does it so many times that I kept just being like, oh, this is, 
Chef's kiss. Never change. Mm-hmm. 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 Really elevates a scene that was starting to drag. In my opinion, you just gotta throw a couple evil chuckles in there. Uh, did you have any other highlights? Because uh, I, I have a much longer list of lowlights that. Yeah. Uh, they really. I think the lowlights. I think it's time for lowlights. All right. So, I was just gonna start at the top. Uh, it's it's also about the fence. As uh, during the time where Hot Boy is like talking about the price of the fence, Hot Boy before he even uh, like mentions a price, he says, "What do you think?" And Nick Cage yells, "Oh, there he is, Mister Negotiator!" All of a sudden, just like yeah. <laughs> unearned, unnecessary, like just completely out of the he's not negotiating he literally just asked how much you want to pay for it that's what happens when you're drinking in the daytime i guess anything can set you off yeah what else um you know i feel like oh yeah i don't know that i felt like the high heel scene was almost like that was kind of a low light but at the same time i was impressed that they had the the gumption to remove all the buttons on his fly with her heel so it's like mm-hmm. right there in the middle for me but i originally wrote that down as a low light because it got really porny and i was like what's this movie turning into yeah, yeah. you know i mean it's it's not a good scene. I just respect that they did it. Um, no, no, it was funny though. It was a lot of my highlights are the same as my lowlights when it comes to uh-huh. a cage movie. Uh huh. How much are you bothered by the like CBS sitcom level disparity of attractiveness between the presentation of Nick Cage in this and and Fancy? Oh my God, his whole career, man. They just continue to put old ass Nick Cage in all the wigs that they put him in and then they put these beautiful actresses that are rarely older than like 42 in the romantic roles opposite him and it's just so it's so presumptuous of him that he can Mm -hmm. still be Mm -hmm. that he Mm -hmm. can still be making that happen at this stage in his career this felt like a he needed it kind of moment yeah yeah that's right he's also like we haven't even talked about what he looks like in this movie. He's got this, like, uh, uh, Niagara Falls of Greece coming out of his head, heading backwards. Oh, yeah, only in a, the, like, back, the back side of his head. The whole front area is a wasteland. Nothing there. Nothing there. No, I mean, yeah, it's wherever his hairline starts, from there on back, it's Greece. And then yeah. he's got a handlebar mustache and, uh, and mutton chops, but then... Underneath that, like, four days growth of... He's just... He's, like, rocking a real homeless on top, like, southern fried... I'm not going to say gentleman, but, like, gentleman on a day off. Well, yeah, he's got, like, a... He's got, like, a... Like, a nice striped button-up shirt and a pair of clean jeans. And then he's rocking, like, this scraggle-daggle, like, end-of-a-two-week bender hairstyle. Like, like I grew it out in prison kind of hair. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, like a, a the crazy facial hair. And he's just, he's physically sweaty kind of the whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, I get that they're trying to get the alcoholic thing across, but it's a rough look. Like, it's a rough look. Yeah. Even for him. Yeah. He, so as he's, it seems like trying to intimidate, but I guess trying to impress Hot Boy, he lines up beer bottles on the picket fence next to Hot Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh 
with the bottles like the the tops of the bottles on the top of the picket yeah, which is like not physically that? possible yeah, yeah it's totally illogical yeah and then like, he like i couldn't i couldn't balance a pint glass like that let alone a pabst bottle right he Crazy. and he, then he sniper rifles them from his uh from his roof and then like hot boy just goes back to work like hot boy's commitment of forgetting what just happened 30 <laughs> seconds ago in this movie is truly impressive it is uh, like He's very he's, focused on that fence. He really wants to make it happen, and he's having a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's got, like, a 50 first dates memory. Like, it's just... He does. The, he's got, like, a hummingbird memory. The minute something happens, it's gone. And, actually, do hummingbirds have a short-term memory that's bad? I think I maybe just say that because they're fast. I've never asked fast. them. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, what about... What about, like, the ham-fisted, hackneyed uh, statement that they clearly... Nick... Clearly Nicolas Cage's character and also clearly the movie takes very seriously when it comes to um, what happens to veterans in America. Yeah, it's, because... it's on a soapbox for like, no, I mean, a good reason, but like it does not deserve a place on a soapbox yeah, like at in all. In this movie, in this yeah. movie, basically like Nick Cage is, uh, gets Hot Boy in a room with him and right before he convinces him to murder his wife, he... He gets on the speech about his time being a like a Vietnam vet, and then Hot Boy talks about his experience in the military because he was uh, he was in the Navy. Is that what he was in? Yeah, yeah, he was in the Navy. Yeah, he was in the Navy. Yeah, he was in the Navy, and then um, Nick Cage was in the Marines, and then out of nowhere, he just goes off on this like they don't appreciate us, they cast us aside once we've done our service, like the fat cats in Washington, blah blah blah, which is fine for a movie but then this movie has nothing to do with like you know contributing your service to your country really at all they just kind of threw that in and then they it, throw it in at the end when he basically gets murdered by cop when he suicides himself like yeah. cop shooting yeah and with an all-time cage line read at the end there right oh, so kelsey Grammer asks him so he's he's holding hot boy at gunpoint and all the cops roll up and he, Kelsey Grammer asks, like, would your fellow Marines beli- like, like you doing this? He says, fuck yeah, they would. Yeah. This shit here is a sacrifice against a system that doesn't give a shit about me or my fellow Marines. <laughs> like, there's, I, I counted like seven separate punctuation marks <laughs> in that single sentence. Oh, uh. It's like every single word ends with a question mark and an exclamation point. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And also, it's worth mentioning, I looked up the goofs um, just because that, you know, you got to grasp it at straws mm -hmm. at a certain Mm -hmm. point. And under goofs, there is a criticism about the uniform, which says, it's a quasi-military uniform that doesn't belong to any branch of the armed forces, <laughs> with rank and insignia of both Army Private Two and Specialist Four, with a checkered tie and two Army Marksmanship medals. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, no work was done there. Like, he's a Marine. We have a green jacket with a bunch of stuff on it. Let's just finish this movie. <laughs> the... uh, <laughs> It's so, like, why, why build the military thing up so much if you're just going to mention it in two really, really over-the-top speeches and in the second one he's wearing a just like a Halloween costume? Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, I, I have realized that the almost all of the rest of my lowlights 
are specific lines or line reads or combinations of line and line read. Uh, this gets to one of the first, like, Nicolas Cage, really Nicolas Cage ended up. The first mm-hmm. one is that Mr. Negotiator all of a sudden. Oh, the yeah. second, and I apologize to our listeners, I apologize to you, that I'm going to say the thing that he said <laughs> the forget. way that he said it. I forget what it is. Uh, so he's talking with Hot Boy at the dinner table about, like, how Hot Boy's marriage is going. And right. he says... When was the last time you had your cock uh, sucked? Ew! Oh, he like <laughs> so regurgitates gross. the whole word. <laughs> no. Uh, that's that's an awful one. Uh, as fancies, uh, like after Hot Boy has beat up uh, Nicolas Cage and fancies going to run, run away with him, she tries to convince Hot Boy to have sex with her in front of Nicolas Cage. and uh, yeah. And he says... She says to him, I'll look him right in the eyes while you make me come. And it's like, yeah. that's, that shouldn't be in I've this movie a or little bit. any movie. Yeah, I was just like, dude, like, this movie doesn't set me up. If I am watching a movie that already makes me, like, the whole time, then I'm just like, it's white noise. But this movie just kind of, like, just, like, stabs you with it a couple times. Just like, stab, stab, here's something gross. Now forget about that for a little while. Let's get, Let's bring the mood down and get it nice and sexy again. A little slow seduction, and then she's gonna say something terrifying. Um, yep. what else? I feel like I had another thing. I feel like I feel like I was a little bit robbed. I wanted to see what that basement looked like. Yeah, you just—it's like a hallway. They talked about like kids existing there, and then basically breeding teens. Like, I don't need it to like be graphic and horrifying. I just kind of figured I'd get to see the basement. Yeah. Yeah. The, you get a lot of you get a lot of the stairs down to the basement. Yeah, uh, and you get like a mattress that someone is hiding behind while they're getting shot at by Fancy. Yeah, he hides yes. from Fancy, I guess. And so while the police, and there are a couple of lowlights about the police looking at the house, but the so like two police go down to look at the basement, and then the like. Character with a name and lines, <clears throat> uh, woman assistant to Kelsey Grammer, she comes down the basement. And as far as I can tell, those first two police officers have just completely disappeared. Like, she <laughs> finds all the rooms in the basement, like, finds the the one of the girls that's been kidnapped. Yeah. But, like, those police officers are fucking nowhere to be found until Nicolas Cage drives away in his car. And they, like, apparate onto the main floor and shoot out at him. Like, uh, they're, yeah. they're only, like, semi-corporeal. Okay, here's the thing. Speaking of him driving away, uh, which is <clears> hilarious <throat> and ridiculous, he, he leaves his wife, which is a, a real bitch move and was a <laughs> laugh. <laughs> but um, do you think those... There are, like, a couple really cool cars featured in this movie. Do you think that those probably had to be Nick Cage's? They have to be his cars. Have because, to be his cars. Because, like... Like, I've seen Gone in 60 Seconds. They fixate really prominently on, like, 1967 Shelby Mustang, like, over and over and over again. And, like, that is a thing I probably wouldn't know about if I hadn't heard it a thousand times in that movie. And that is definitely in this movie. And there's, like, a couple of them. Like, oh, he's just, like, I think... Just breaking out his cars? Yeah, I think that this is just, like, Nicolas Cage's favorite things. Like, we're going to get a big spooky house. We're going to post up in Louisiana. I'm going to bring all my cars. Everyone's going to watch me scream for a while. It's an Oprah's favorite things, but for 
awkward thrillers. Yep, yep. Uh, so, a couple other line reads. One that I, I put as a low light, I, I honestly can't tell if I like it or not. So when they're when the police are going up to the uh, the house to like look in the basement, Nicholas Cage opens the door, and one of the officers says the following thing in the following way: "This is a search warrant. We have reason to believe you're engaging in illegal activities." The line read from that actor feels the most bored I have seen a human being <laughs> on screen, like. The line itself, we have reason to believe you're engaging in illegal activities, is like such a, a computer wrote that line. Yeah. And then he delivers it like a computer forced him to. Uh, <laughs> and then on the other end, Kelsey Grammer, at the end of his interrogation, is like gives Hot Boy a cockamamie explanation for why he thinks Hot Boy killed him. He's like, tried to seduce this uh, fancy, and he couldn't, and he was mad at the husband, at he Nicholas Cage. He names, like, six impossible things in a row and says, like, what else could it be? Right, and then he... this sequence of insane events. And then he gets inches from Hot Boy's ear, and, like, breathy ASMR whispers, I know I'm right. And <laughs> it's unnecessary. <laughs> it's not as gross <laughs> as as Nicholas Cage talking about fellatio, but it's, it's, pre- it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It really, like, you get some leeway sometimes when you're, like, the grody actor. Like, as much as watching Nick Cage say that stuff, it's sort of, like, expected that at some point, mm-hmm. like, he was channeling, like, his con air character. Or, right. uh, sorry, his face-off character, not his con air character. His creepy face-off him. character. And getting grody. And so I, like, at least saw it coming. And something about seeing Frasier, like, just whisper and be a general nuisance is it's harder. Mm-hmm. It's a harder thing for mm-hmm. to swallow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having not seen him in much since, and uh, probably not much for a while after. I can't imagine Kelsey Grammer is going to be... If he's in this movie, he can't be getting a lot of knocks on the old door. Yeah, this is pretty bargain basement. Yeah, it's bad. <clears throat> I mean, they were balling on a budget. I will say, though, as a compliment to this movie, for $5 million, it looks good if you couldn't tell what they were saying i think it would look, <laughs> i think that it would look like a good movie mm-hmm. totally it's it's nicely shot it's uh, there's a, even some framing this is pretty cinematographer, good so i guess that all checks out yeah. yeah that that tracks uh so i have one last question yes so a- after fancy stabs nick cage in the hand yes uh and Nick Cage is, then uh, he like freaks out and he's, he then gets the upper hand somehow and is trying to force uh, Hot Boy to kill Fancy. And the thing that distracts him is that something comes through the window. Yes. And what it's was never that? returned to. I thought like oh, it was a new character or it was, it looks like a broom handle, but it can't be a broom <laughs> handle. Oh my god, so seriously, that scene is like there is a fight sequence kind of taking place, and it happens slowly, too. It's not like something shot through the window. 
It looks like someone has a lance and they pushed it through the window. And I was like, oh, fuck. Or like, did some, did like a tree fall over? Or like, is someone right outside with a crazy weapon? And then it is never addressed, right? No, zero. Not come back to at all. It is one of two times that key moments Nick Cage is disrupted by something involving a window because he also gets like suddenly stabbed in the back with a shattered stained glass window uh, when he's fighting uh, Hot Boy in the attic. Oh my Uh, God. Yeah, I have forgotten about that weird ass long thing just coming through the window out of nowhere and them never addressing what happened. So weird. (laughs) Um, Uh, Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about this movie? If if you could be a character in this bad boy, who's who's your flavor of choice? Oh, probably the mint julep. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with the mint julep. Do we want plot keywords uh, for this movie? Um. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, singing in the bath. Course. Singing in the bathtub. Woman in the bathtub. Singing in the bathtub. <laughs> Stabbed in the hand. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Horse horseshoe mustache. Yes. Uh, sure. Male objectification. Wait. Uh, oh, male object. I. I. It. Our connection staggered for a second, and I heard male gentrification, and I got well, really Well, a little convinced. bit of that. Male objectification. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> bare-chested male. Female rear nudity. Husband-wife rear, relationship. Rear nudity <laughs> sounds like a feature of a car. Uh-huh. Flashlight. <laughs> falling from height. Uh, Wait. <laughs> who needs flashlight? Who is that for? <laughs> male rear nudity. Bare butt. Uh, hairy-chested man. By the way, yeah, Hot Boy is covered in hair in a way I did not expect him to no, be. No, that was that was yes. a, yeah, that was very alarming. He had like a Tom Selleck level of chest hair, which is a vintage choice and also very startling because he's got a baby face. Woman wears a blue dress. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. N- nickname uh, F word. Year nineteen eighty eight. Uh, yeah. Car won't start. Uh, <laughs> shot in the shoulder. Uh-huh. Title spoken by character. Demanding a lawyer. <laughs> demanding a lawyer. So, do they have parental warnings on this one? Did you check? Uh, I'm I'm checking the I'm checking the parents' guide. Uh, it feels sort the, of unlikely because this movie just doesn't why would seem it, like it was seen by enough people. I. I think I did look at it before, and there wasn't a. Oh, the, the, some of these things that like there's only one, like there's ratings, uh, ratings of like violence and gore moderate, profanity mild, yeah, uh, sex and nudity mild, but very specific. Around minute fifty eight, after having sex, a couple lie naked on the floor, but only shows their sides. No breasts or genitals are seen. Also, before that, in the bathtub, she is naked but not revealing anything. Weird. Weird, Weird. Right? Like, why not just say, like, there's a sex scene where without any explicit images shown. But the the amount of detail is who is doing these. Down to the minute. Yeah. I, I mean, it's user-generated, right? So whatever floats your boat. I guess uh, so. It is... Truly I really strange. like the under the... keywords, though. We get flashlight and man sitting in bathtub. Like, 
I don't uh-huh. know what uh-huh. the purpose of all of these are. If it's like, is this like a hashtag thing where if you wanted to search other movies a lot like this one, you could be like, huh, something else with a flashlight, 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 flashlight. The original screenplay was called Fancy, Buddy, and Mr. Walter. I saw that. That sounds like a 1940s like um, slapstick comedy. Yeah, they, I, they found a better name for this. And the name is just the name of the place, mm-hmm. which tells you nothing about it. But it's, I mean, it's, it's better. Yeah. Grand it's unquestionably Isle, better. Definitely better. Not better enough to earn them any percent on Rotten Tomatoes, though, which I really no. can't stress enough is yeah, so, shocking uh, for a Nicholas If you were going to be somebody in this movie, who would you be? Oh, um, I mean, I guess one of the voodoo dolls, if only to find out what they do. Just to, like, find out what they do up there. Live amongst, like, a Toy Story kind of vibe. Like, I just want to be a voodoo doll. Maybe, like, not one of the ones engaged in whatever voodoo dolls are engaged in. But I just want to witness it. I want to see what yeah. they're up to. Maybe they come so alive in the night. you want to fly on the wall of voodoo doll sex. So you're thinking of, like, a Toy Story yeah. with sex voodoo dolls? Yeah, like Toy Story when Andy's mom leaves the room and also maybe mashes two voodoo dolls together to make a baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I just want to know. Yeah. Inquiring minds. Right, I mean, who wouldn't be curious? Yeah, I could report back. I'd share my knowledge with the world. Yeah, right. well, you know, I think it is a rare treat to watch a new Nicolas Cage movie. Um, yeah. And really delve in. Because it's, there's just so many, and, like, they all just seem like they kind of come and go, and it... It all seems like I thought he made one movie last year, and it turns out my mind made an amalgamation of all six. So it's like nice to know what he's up to, I guess. Just check in with an old friend, make sure he's okay. Yeah, this movie is basically an ankle bracelet for Nicolas Cage. Like, <laughs> yeah, but like an ankle bracelet that he like welded together himself. Uh huh. Uh huh. Exactly. Which is, I imagine, he has. Yeah, he has the key, and he swallowed it. Yeah. What else well, did he do last year? Other My movies God. that he did? Yeah. A lot it's... of stuff. A lot of stuff that no one's seen. Oh, man, but there's just going to be so much to explore. I may try to revisit, like, a more mainstreamy Cage movie just because. Because uh, yeah. it's, it's the holidays and we all deserve a little win. That's true. Um, but we'll have to talk about that because I feel like mm-hmm. we got we to round him out as a person. Get his current body of work and also... You know, what he was cutting those acting teeth on. What he's known he was for. Winning yeah. Oscars. Mm. Mm. Can't mm, wait. Mm, mm. Well. Well, everybody. Till next time. I will continue I'll be Henry. to be. And I will continue to be Michelle. And uh, to quote Mr. Walter, uh, fast forward, experiment and fast forward into the future of acting. Bye. Oh, oh, oh. Bye. Bye.